this is Andrew. This is Peter. And you're listening to the PhysioFit Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the PhysioFit Podcast. I'm joined once again by Kate Henry. Kate Everyone loved your last podcast, so we thought you deserve another chance to, to go again and educate the general public. Um, we did, uh, in the previous podcast, we alluded to helping mums getting back to running, so that's what we're going to talk about. What I want to know is you work with lots of mums who run, and it's an area of passion for you. How did that come about? Um, so my mum has always been a runner, and anyone who's followed my Instagram knows that my mum is a better runner than I am. Um, much better. She's much faster. Uh, but she, I remember when I was, uh, going through uni, she had stopped running at that point. Um, hadn't run much since she'd had the three of us. So I've got two brothers and she really wanted to get back into it. But every time she did, she got like mad ITB pain every time. So then she just sort of like accepted that she wasn't going to be able to run anymore. And then when I was at uni, she started being like, Oh, can you have a look at my leg? And I started realizing that, Oh, it's a really fixable issue. She was just stressed about it. And then, yeah. It just sort of grew from there. I've worked with heaps of runners, uh, runners since and my mum is obviously now a bigger running inspiration for me until I someday beat her. Probably not. Though. Someday, one day. It's not going to happen. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you got a Garmin now, so it's all good. Oh, yeah, it's all real. It's all real. <laughs> um, that's, you know, ha- having something so close to home, like literally your mum um, and her journey with getting back to running, but it's quite uh, maybe sad in one way to, to think that if she hadn't, I've had you going through uni, she may have got back to running, mm. but also the flip side, such an amazing opportunity for somebody out there who may be feeling that way now, mm. knowing that there is a way forward. Mm. Can you can you maybe run us through what a typical journey looks like for a, a mum who, after their first baby, wants to return to something like running or yeah. even wants to start running for the first time? Yeah, cool. So um, after having, so we'll go with just having your first baby because we'll talk about a bit more later about having multiple uh, kids. Um, but after your first baby, often if I see the mum when she's pregnant, we'll discuss planning then. So we'll talk about like, you know, what event do you want to get back to? What level of running do you want to get back to? Are we talking like fun run level? Are we talking marathon? Very different planning that goes into both of those. Um, if I see someone after the pregnancy, they're coming in for their six-week postpartum check just to look at their abs, the pelvic control, screen, pelvic floor, that's when I'll usually start planning for their return to running if they flag that as a goal with me. So I'll often ask them when they come into their um, first consult, we'll take a history be like, okay, so during pregnancy, were you exercising? Were you running? What were you doing? Uh, what were you doing before you became pregnant? So what level of runner were you? Were you just fun run, ultra, whichever it is? Um, and then what do you want to get back to? Because some women don't want to go back to, you know, being an ultra marathon runner. They just want to be able to run for like, you know, mental health and sanity, not necessarily competitive stuff. Um, the other big thing I ask them is how do they cope during pregnancy? Like, did they have a lot of pelvic pain? Did they have a lot of hip pain? Did they have a lot of knee pain? Because those things will give us a bit of a flag as to what we really need to work on. Because um, as I said on the last podcast, um, that relaxing hormone sits in your system for a good five months after you've had your bub. So we wanted to try and flag it early, strengthen those things quickly so that return to run is much more easy. Yeah, awesome. In terms of, we mentioned, you know, what were their goals, what were they doing previously and what they want to get to. Does it change much if they weren't a runner beforehand? If they're wanting to get into running and they've never run before pregnancy, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's... 
not really, not a huge change. It just means that the adaptation is going to be maybe a bit slower because yeah. they've never so been the around before. Going to be yeah, the yeah. starting point's different. So the assessment's very similar. So we still check all the same things. So like, what's your single leg balance like? What's your squat like? Um, how well can you control your pelvis? What's your core doing? Um, that way we can have a good basis of measurement before we go from there. And that's the same whether you've run before, you've never run before. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I know nothing about pregnancy. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be really honest, but I do know that <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. I do know there's different types of birth skate. Yeah, <laughs> does, does that make a difference? <laughs> yep. So vaginal birth versus C-section. Um, and there's also two different, uh, several different kinds of vaginal birth as well. There'll be assisted delivery versus non-assisted mm. um, drugs versus no drugs, all that kind of jazz. So it, the big difference is between vaginal versus uh, cesarean section delivery because obviously there's no pelvic floor trauma or not as much if there's no delivery through the vaginal canal. Yeah. So we have a few different things that we flag for girls who've had vaginal versus C-section. Um, these days, we're, as physios, we're definitely tending towards that everyone should have an internal pelvic floor exam by a physio if they want to return to running because running is such a loading sport and it is yeah. very heavy through pelvic floor and core if you're not doing the right thing. So what we typically find is someone will wait until their 12 months post and they'll go for their first run, they feel great, they keep running and running, um, and they didn't know they had a weak pelvic floor because yeah. they've never like tested it. So then that we find that out later. So they have to fix that at the same time as, you know, strengthen the pelvic floor up at the same time as strengthening for running. Whereas if in that first bit, no, like I don't usually have most of my clients running before five to seven months anyway. So yeah. in that first bit, it's great to kind of get that assessed and then build off from there. Is it, is there a big difference? I know there probably can be, mm. but would you say most people uh, where they lie, is there a big difference? So is it like, you know, a, a, a vaginal birth might be an extra couple of months um, or not necessarily just depends on the individual. It depends on the individual because I've seen like having a C-section doesn't guarantee you won't have pelvic floor yeah, problems. Exactly. So it depends on the pelvic floor problems that present themselves yep. regardless of vaginal versus C-section. And again, like the sooner it's intervened with, the better. Yep. So we can manage it straight from, you know, six weeks it can be picked up or three months it's picked up. That way we can manage it from there. I think where it gets interesting is that a lot of, women just kind of accept that their pelvic floor is not meant to be great after yeah. having a baby or they're like, Oh no, it's never going to be the same. I'm never going to be able to run again. Um, that's just something I have to accept now because I'm a, I'm a mum, which is, that's just, that's just rubbish. Yeah. That's, you know, you can absolutely change pelvic floor strength. There's a muscle, same as anything else. Yeah. So awesome. Mm. I, I think that's going to give hope to a lot of people. Um, mm. you know, talk about your story with your mum, like again, without anyone giving her that new education, new understanding, mm. she probably would have, like, she had given up, wouldn't mm. bother attempting to go back, right? Yeah, and she just assumed, like, I even asked her, I was like, what made you think that you couldn't do that now that you're, like, now that you've had three kids? <laughs> she was just like, oh, well, I just assumed, you know, everything's a bit different after you've had kids, so maybe mm. I can't do those running distances anymore. And, like, she used to be, like, a 10K runner, and she completed, she's, I think she's done two half marathons yeah, wow. now, and she's done... 16k trail run and i believe the last time she did trail run she took first out in the category it was her second ever trail run so like you know i think she's got us both covered <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's let's move on uh just down the, the track a little bit so let's say yeah we've planned out where they're going to start in their, their journey back mm -hmm. uh what are the kind of things we're going to then look at um more to do with the actual running mm. So once we've screened all that other stuff we just talked about, we then move on to movement control. So the first thing we're looking at is your single leg control. So how well you can stand on one leg and how well you can squat on one leg. Um, and then ankle stability, how well you can control that. Um, and then just general muscle strength. Yep. After we've sort of established that, we can then start looking at running on a treadmill, which we have in the clinic. We've got gait 
analysis technology here, treadmill, full gym that we can use to set up a strength program and a home exercise program. And we start discussing their load for the running program, which will differ depending on what they want to get back to. Yeah. Mm. Do Does someone need a gym? No, nah, I don't need a gym. <laughs> <laughs> don't need a gym at all. So I find, so like it's the same thing, like every time we go into a gym, like I'll ask a client, do you have this stuff like accessible to you? Like do you have a gym membership or do you just do everything at home? Because there's no point in planning out an exercise that they can't do. And a lot of stuff, like it's simple. So like we've got a, um, a rig here for doing like squats and stuff in, but so if you're tying a band around that for an exercise, you just tie it around a veranda pole at home. Yeah. Like you just, you just adjust it so that it works because the best exercise is the exercise that gets done. I love it. Um, with with planning, do you, does it matter the type of surface at all, Kate? So, you know, running on grass versus running on, you know, road and all that kind of stuff. Obviously yeah. things like trial running is another, you know, big jump in load. But yeah. early days, does it matter? Do you have any recommendations? Mm, or? It depends. Like, I mean, one of the biggest things I do is I check people's shoes that they've been running in when they were pregnant or before pregnancy um, because there's a good chance those shoes have to go now. So yeah. if, if they were brand new when they got pregnant, maybe they're still okay. But your foot changes during pregnancy. Mm. Like, and sometimes it doesn't go back to what it was before. <laughs> yeah. So I think I often send people off to um, my mates, a little shout out to the, the running company, um, where they do a bit of a foot analysis on a treadmill with different shoes to get the right fit so that, that Achilles tendon is nice and supportive and straight. Um, it, it depends on, yeah, if you're going to lean towards doing a more challenging type of surface, then you need slightly different shoes for that. Of course. And the loading program, it's just different. Like, we just change what the exercises are. You just make them a bit harder strength-wise, or you'll back off if they're just doing uh, road running. You won't need to do quite as high-level ankle stability straight up. Yeah, perfect. Mm -hmm. So, we talked, you made it at the start, you mentioned, like, this is after your first baby. Mm -hmm. Does it actually matter how many children you have? Does it differ in terms of the plan moving forward? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. So like the actual screening process to get someone on the treadmill and start running and look at all the different um, aspects, that's very similar from that kind of assessment point of view. But it's more so just about the load so and time. So if you've got yeah. five children, you've probably got a little bit less time to exercise than uh, someone who's just had their first baby. But then again, that may not be true. You may have this whole parenting thing totally down. Yeah. Um, but, and it comes down to the amount of pregnancies you had, that's, that's the amount of, um, load that's gone through mm. your pelvis. So that's different if you've had five versus one or three versus one or whatever. And sometimes you have had multiple different kinds of delivery. So you might have had vaginal for the first two, then emergency C-section for the third one or something like that, which means that each time it's kind of like a, it's a whole new approach. Yeah. So you kind of want to make sure that it's assessed each time and planned. That yeah. way you can you can control all the variables. Needs to be individualised. It's very individualised. And like, you know, when someone has, like I had a patient recently who's, she's had twins. So that's, that's again, that's <laughs> another, a, whole, another whole yeah. kettle of fish. So again, like the load that was through her pelvis is more than her first pregnancy. So there's going to be new things to look at. Yeah. Hmm. Even now thinking about it, even maybe the time out of running, like so someone may have a, a child get back to running a couple of years later, have another child, but someone might go and have two, three children hmm. all at once or in a row, let's call it. And that might be then a few years out of running altogether. So time out of running would be hmm. another factor, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that's exactly what my mum did. So she ran with, uh, I think she was still running and playing netball when she was pregnant with me. And then after me, she had my brother pretty soon after. So I think she'd only done like a couple of runs in between. But then there's a big, bigger gap between me and my littlest brother. There's about five and a half years between myself yep. and him. And yep. in there, she sort of 
went back, but then was like, oh, this doesn't feel great. Mm, yeah. so then just didn't. And then after she had my little brother, that was a very hectic pregnancy. So she was just like, oh, no, nah, I guess I'm just never allowed to run again. Yeah. And she didn't really start trying again, like proper distances until yeah. I was at uni. So that was like, I don't know. 20 years since she'd run yeah. consistently. Yeah. yeah. So it's a long time. So, but you know, that's the thing, like, you know, she, she was going like, Oh, once a runner, always a runner. I was like, Oh yeah, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. But she, she did the right things. And that's because she had a physio student daughter. So like that's yeah, got to that help. Helps. Yeah. Got to help. Um, where she increased load slowly. The minute she felt something a bit funky, she looked at, and even now, like, so she's running trail events now. And like, she sees one of the physios here, Emily. And recently Emily's like, I think you need to back off for a bit. <laughs> and usually what my mom would have done, which would have been like a classic, a classic uh, runner thing to do was to be like, oh, nah, back off means like just run a little bit slower, right? Yeah. Um, but she actually listened and was That's like, good. yeah, okay, cool. And I was like, yes, busy is working. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome to hear. Um, Kate, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Oh, no. Running versus return to sport. We might not go full in depth. In depth. That could probably be another whole like podcast. Soccer stuff. Yeah, or whatever. Like if going like if I can run, then I'm sure I can play sport again. Mm, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, very good so. question. Very good question. So yeah, and again, yeah, same thing. So whatever your sport is, it needs to be specific. So exactly what you said. Like I, I'm sure there are many people out there who are like, oh, I can run in a straight line. That's that's yeah. fine. So I can go back to soccer. It's like, well, no, you can't because not yet. Anyway. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. So and it comes down to like sport specific training. So someone who's a sprinter, like they're going to need a lot more specific training for that versus someone who's traveling who's going to need more ankle stability stuff. And then you've got a soccer player who is essentially someone who does lots and lots of sprints over change a direction, change of direction, jumping. yeah, jumping yeah. and stuff. And like, I've had a few soccer players who have gone back to sport too early and yeah, they've had problems with injuries because you know, the love of the sport yeah. and you yeah. go back and it's like, yes, yeah. but your, your pelvis is not quite happy yet. And it all comes down. It's the same thing at the end of the day, the, the same factor between all of them is load appropriately prepare, be strong. That's, yeah. that's it. Awesome. That's the summary. Awesome insight. Um, yeah, like I said, I think we can go in depth on another whole uh, podcast about that and maybe talk about a few different sports. Because, yeah, um, yeah my background working in female um, soccer, Yeah. I, I see and I, I don't have that that knowledge to help them through that initial phase and that's where it's mm-hmm. handy having someone like yourself on board. <laughs> um, they, they can get them through for us. Uh, so, Kate, thanks for today. If people want to find out more, how can they get in touch? Where can they get in touch? Are are you happy for people to get in touch with you? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you um, just type in Kate Henry Physio onto Facebook or Instagram, you'll find my two different pages. Just send me a a DM and we'll get chatting. Um, I also post a lot of content um, on my Instagram. Not all of it's running stuff. Sometimes it's just me ranting at a a camera, (laughs) but most of it's useful. So a lot of stuff's going to come out about running soon. So stay tuned. Yeah, really great stuff, guys. Check it out. Um, The rants are quite entertaining, (laughs) but they are educational. So it's not, just, it's, it's not just Kate having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Let us know any comments. Uh, get in touch with Kate. Uh, let her know everything you want to find out, whether it's we make it some more uh, podcasts for you or we can make some educational videos. You tell us what to do. We'll do it. See you next time.